ATV Talk, the podcast presents Inspired. Sit down with your host, Leonard Duncan, as he interviews men and women whose stories are so inspirational that they need to be shared. Hopefully, their stories may inspire you and create a change. Mondays at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years, with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports Tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. GPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Keldon Creed, welcome to ATV Talk. I know that the fan base is thinking, hey, wait a minute, that guy's a NAS truck dude. They don't know your backstory. And that's why I brought you on so that everybody could understand where you started from. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, most people don't realize that we have a small history together as well. Yeah. Yeah. They're uh, racing mod carts, man. It's, it's been 10 years. Can you believe that? That's, it's been a long time. Um, growing up way too fast, but yeah, 14, 15, even younger than that, um, running the four fifties and, and you guys built my motors actually, I think the last two years I ran it. Yes. Yep. And I met you when you were still driving and testing the, the, I don't even remember what they called them, but there was the, like the mod, the, the mod two cars that had the lawnmower engines in them. Oh yeah. The junior two. Yeah. And, and in the old shop, we had a concrete driveway and Cameron said, Oh, he can turn it. No problem. And I'm thinking there's no way he's going to turn that mod cart in the parking lot. And it takes an hour to turn those things in the dirt. <laughs> Put that mod cart down the straightaway, spun it around like you'd been doing it your whole life and, and, and drove it back and forth. It was so awesome. You know? Yeah. I don't, that wasn't our car. I forget whose car that was. I, one of Cameron's customers or something. And, uh, yeah, he just like drive it. <laughs> yeah. You were there to, you were there. To, we were testing the clutch and doing something else. I was helping him do something. And, uh, I think we were tuning. Yeah. I don't even know how I ended up with him that day. To be honest, he was just picking me up from like my mom's office or be driving around town and he'd like call me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm bored. <laughs> I'll go with you. And, run errands or whatever it was. Yeah. When you came and tested, that was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome stuff. I remember we, uh, we built some custom exhaust and went out uh, to a, a track that you guys had been doing some testing on. I don't even remember where it was now. We were testing exhaust pipes in your car. Yeah, I know we had the one up in uh, like Boulevard area, but that didn't come until we were using like, or we were racing like Pro Light uh, and Super Light. That might have been a Cameron deal, but um, I don't know. Sometimes you forget a little bit as as the years go by. Well, dude, your life has been a uh, pretty flash. I mean, you go from mod carts to. Trophy by Nash truck, really? Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a lot. It's been a lot. Um, I noticed that you have a, a race car behind you. 
Uh, how much do you race? Uh, well, the Nashrek series is, um, it's 22 races this year. So it's pretty spread out. It's actually, I wish we raced more. Um, so it's like, we'll have like two or three weeks on, we just race three weeks in a row and then we have this weekend off and then, um, we'll race at the first weekend of July or sorry, second weekend in July. And then we have the rest of the month off. So, uh, it's nice for, for allowing me to like do stuff like this. This is a micro sprint. So it runs a street, like a 600 street bike motor. Um, that's built by hyper up in Pennsylvania. They're pretty, they're pretty big up in uh, Northern California too. Um, like D one and what's the other brand up there. It's pretty big. Um, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But so I tried, I wanted to race more just with the truck series and, and just trying to invest in myself and, and stay sharp during the week. So these run Wednesday nights at a place called Millbridge. Uh, it's like 30 minutes from here. So me and my buddy, Brett Moffat got him. He runs the Xfinity series full time. Um, yeah. So I, I bought a car last year that was a roller, uh, used roller and <laughs> put a motor in it and did everything to it, uh, to go to Tulsa shootout. So we did that. I didn't run very good, but it was like just a ton of fun being able to race more. And then, uh, we got back, I raced it twice at Millbridge. I led 25 or 30 laps and got rocked by a 12 year old. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to send you the video, but yeah, he, uh, he went to go slide me coming back to like four to go and just drove into my left front and I went flipping. So, um, I put that car back together. It honestly didn't, it broke like a $30 worth of parts. It got like a panel and I got one Heim and the steering. So I got lucky there. Um, and then I had this chassis on order from January, like after Tulsa, I was hooked. I was like, all right, I just gotta, gotta get a nicer chassis. Cause the one I had was like a 2017 and like the guys that I got it from, it was a nice car. Just hadn't been powder coated in years. It was just beat up. So, uh, I bought this car. They do like a cool trade in deal. So I just traded my old chassis body for a new chassis body. Um, and then, just put use all my little parts. So I just got this together a few weeks ago Went and ran it once so far. Um, I got a little setup I want to try. So just trying to save a little money and then I just blow it all in this race car pretty much. Um, and I can, so yeah, it's, it's fun. Um, and just stay busy with it. Have you got to drive the, the golf? What was that Xfinity you said? You got to drive in the, in the upper class of NASCAR at all? I got to run Xfinity in 2017. I raced two races. They were both road courses, but they were in like 30th place cars. Like it was for like a small team. Um, so it's like not good motors. The cars are older. Um, yeah, it was pretty brutal. Actually, they were, they weren't a whole lot of fun to drive. Uh, just cause everyone around you was so much better. Like you'd shift into like second gear on the straightaway and they're just leaving you. Cause they have the, the, they have like an A, a B and a C series motors, depending on what you want to spend kind of, um, in NASCAR. So those had like the C program motors and yeah, just more of a learning thing than anything. But, uh, that's what we're shooting for next year. Try to go full-time Xfinity. Really? And Hopefully, if, if money allows. Are you going to get to drive in it at 20 in 2021 at all? Uh, I mean, unless someone were to get hurt and, and have to fill a seat or something, um, maybe some opportunities would come at the end of the year. I don't know. As of right now, no, uh, just focus on the truck series. And how are you doing so far in the truck series this year? And it's been a tough year. Like last year, our stuff was so fast and, like it didn't matter where we went. It just always had speed. And even if it didn't drive great, like they still were just fast. Um, where this year we've been, been struggling with that. Just coming, we went to Vegas with like the same setup as last year. And that was our first mile and a half this year. And like, we're not good. We were like, Oh, we're, we're in trouble here. So it's taken us till now to like really get it figured out. Um, we built a new truck. 
and I, I have four teammates. So we, they run five trucks out of, out of GMS. So it's hard to make changes to the one guy and not give everyone the same, right? Cause then people are pointing fingers on, on who's getting better equipment. So they built five brand new ones. So we all got a brand new truck. Uh, and I was at Charlotte a few weeks ago and yeah, it's pretty much just changed it all around. So, um, I got one win this year at Darlington. We were like an eighth place truck all night and the leaders wrecked and just caught the caution at the right time and got the lead. So, um, I'm locked into the playoffs, which is good that it's just so much different than anything that you grew up racing and, and still race now. And, and what I did. So if you win a race, you're locked into the, the top 10 in playoffs, right? doesn't matter what you are in points. You have to be top 20 in points, but if you win, you're locked in. Um, and then they just take points and it resets. So then it like, doesn't matter as long as you win or run up front, like it'd be okay. It, like it, nothing matters. Um, and you, then can develop, the- you can develop your truck all year long. Yeah. Win one race or get into the playoffs. And then you could win the whole thing because you did more developmental work throughout the whole season. Yeah. Like Matt Crafton won the 2020 season, didn't win one race, like just was consistent, pointed his way in, pointed his way into the final four, um, and ran second, uh, Homestead and won the championship. Cause he beat the, the other three that he was racing the championship against. So the whole season comes down to one race. Wow. Uh, and even last year, like Phoenix, uh, it was me, my two teammates and Grant Infinger, um, my teammate, Brett Moffitt was like three laps away from winning the championship. Caution comes out. We pitted, they stayed out and I beat them on new tires. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Just <laughs> pulls it all down to one race, but you have to get there through the whole season. So it's, it's tough, but, uh, yeah, our trucks are getting better. So that's nice. And got good tracks coming up. We actually go dirt racing in Knoxville, uh, next weekend. So excited for that. It's not like dirt racing though. It's just, I don't know, pretty lame in my opinion for coming from off road and that it's just super hard and, and not real, real fun. It's just who can get around the bottom the best and, and, uh, yeah, just different. <laughs> so l- l- let's talk about off road. You got to do some Dakar stuff. Yep. What'd you think of that? The car was probably, that's probably one of my favorite memories, uh, of being a teenager. I had no idea I was going until like a few weeks before, uh, never drove the car, never drove anything until I got there. And it's pretty much a stadium truck, uh, that Robbie based it off of. And it's just like, just a little, it's four or eight inches wider and it runs 37s and it's heavier, obviously because it holds more fuel. And, but like all the geometry, everything is the same exact to the stadium truck and it runs, runs like an LS seven, but it has a restrictor plate on it. So it only makes like 300 horsepower, um, with their rules. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was a ton of fun. Just being in the different countries, um, year I started, we started in Buenos Aires and then we went all the way down to Bolivia and then back up. So, um, yeah, just all the towns you get to see, you'll be, it reminded me of Mexico a little bit. Right. Um, just like one minute you'd be close to like the shore or close to the coast. And then I don't know, the next day you'd be up in the mountains, like when it's freezing. So, um, yeah, it was super cool to see all that. The people there are, are just, it's crazy what they live off of. Like literally some of the villages, like they live off the land around them in the middle of the desert. It's like way too hot. Um, and they make it work. And then the big black, just the whole, how the whole deal worked. It's just crazy. Um, I wish I could go back now, like learning what I had. And then now just being a lot smarter race car driver and, actually trying to study it, uh, and be better, but like out here or well, off road out here is starting to get this way. They're starting to get trucks to last. And I'd say the front pack and trophy truck right now, it's 
probably as hard as you can go. Whoever just doesn't break or get a flat wins nowadays. That's how that was when we went, they were like, yeah, you're, you're not really saving. <laughs> like you got to go hard all day. Um, when those guys are so fast and we were racing a lot of four wheel drives. So, uh, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of talent out there. I remember some days I felt like we were going to be top five and like we'd come in and be like 15 because I was like, our pace was really good all day. So, um, yeah, just a totally different experience. I'd love to do it again one day. It's, uh, it's tough. There's not a lot of sleep. It's two weeks long. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was really cool. The first year I got to do it was 17 days. Yeah, I think it was 15 when I did it. And then there was one one rest day in the middle. Yeah, we had 17 days of racing with a rest day. And I had to go a couple of days early. Never seen the bike, never touched it. It was built by a French company. And it, for four days, the first four or five days, we were basically rebuilding the bike. Yeesh. I didn't even know you went. That's cool. Yeah, I got to go... I got to go in nine, 11 and 13. Was it still, where was it then? Was it over in? It was in uh, South America. Okay. I got, went same place, Buenos Aires. I didn't get to go to Bolivia, uh, but I got to go to Buenos Aires, Chile and Peru. Yeah. I heard Peru is really cool, but you didn't miss anything not going to Bolivia. It's just a desert. Yeah. But get to say you got there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. True. I mean, we did a, we did a rally in Africa. See that. I would love that. That'd be cool. There's nothing there, dude. This desert desert, you know, the, I'm looking for tigers and, or uh, lions and antelope and, you know, water buffalo, all the cool stuff. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. I'd be scared if I saw a lion. They're mean. Yeah, only when you only when you get out of the vehicle, you know. If you if you stay in your vehicle, you're gonna be all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got, I didn't even see any snakes. I mean, there was not dude, we were out, there was nothing. You know, I was I was a little disappointed in that. Um, but it but it was a whole different world, you know. They like blue trash bags and water bottles are in some of the areas everywhere. Like they blue trash bags, water bottles everywhere, all over the, all over the terrain. In, uh, it's funny in Bolivia, I think they like stacked rocks for fun. <laughs> like, I swear you'd be driving down the road or like you'd be out in the middle of the desert racing still. And there'll be like rocks stacked everywhere. Like they'll make walls just stacking rocks and like you'd be in the middle of the desert rocks stuck like, just stacked up. Like, we why? Do it. like why? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Get bored. I guess. I don't know. That's awesome. Uh, and you only got to go one year. Yeah. Just, uh, I literally turned 18, like two months before and yeah, it all came together. Wow. And, and <laughs> Robbie hasn't asked you back, huh? Well, actually I, he did ask me to go back in the UTV. Um, and I opted out. I said, no, I, uh, I wasn't going to go do that. I would, Why not? I, I just, I knew how it was going to go. I knew they built the car for that car. They like weren't done till they were showing up. Like I just, they weren't prepared enough. I didn't think, um, where if I want to do it, I would go do it in a UTV. I have no problem with that. But I'm like, we need to go to Glamis in the summertime and like test in the heat um, and do it right and go to Parker and go to kind of try to get everything close as you can. Um, Cause the car that they did go with, I did race it a couple of times. Like I did the Parker 250 um, and I raced the Baja 1000 in it and they're, they're fast. They're really cool. But like, they needed shock work and it needed a lot. I thought to go and compete and, and actually be worth, worth it. Do you think that all you've learned in NASCAR and off-road make you a better driver than your competitors? Yeah. I mean, here it's, everyone's good. Like 
um, like racing 20 Rob Max and truck series, you know, it's just, it's just different. There's so many kids that come from all over from sprint car racing, kids that have grown up racing asphalt, late models, their whole, whole life. Uh, and that's most of it. Honestly, a lot of the kids just, they come up racing late models and, and even guys. Um, and a lot of people come from dirt on the sprint car and, and dirt late model side. So, um, yeah, me and Haley Deegan are, are really the only ones that come from, from short course. That's not a Rick Mears or, or Jimmy Johnson or, um, you know, people they had back in the day. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think off road definitely helped a lot. It definitely taught me about like bad habits. Um, the off road truck or short course, the harder you drove it, the faster you went, the more that's how you made lap time. Um, and just being really aggressive with people. We had short races. So it's taken me a while to learn that even I still, you know, I'm too aggressive or just don't have enough patience, uh, nowadays. So yeah, just, just trying to learn it all. It's so different than anything I was used to. Like my first year, I had no idea what I was doing out here. I was just, just driving a race car. There was no, there was, I don't, there was, there was a goal, but there was, no, like, I didn't know how to get it. I didn't know how to do that. Like there was no strategy. There was none of that. I was just driving a race car. Uh, I'm talking you through it. I mean, not really. Um, I was really fast by myself, but I didn't race good. And then it took me probably till the end of, of 2019 to kind of get a grip on it. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to start listening to people here. And, figuring it out. And then we got a driver coach, uh, Chevrolet put together his name is Josh wise. And, uh, and he's been awesome. So he works with like eight of us, uh, all under Chevrolet. And that's been, that's been a lot of fun. Just all of us learning off each other with Josh, different scenarios. He teaches us all the time. And, um, yeah, just watching the cup races every week, just, just learning. It's, it's so much harder than anything, any, thing I've done. And, and I think you're seeing that with Haley right now, right? Like she's, she did pretty darn good in the pro light, uh, when she raced short course and pretty much everything she's gotten and she's been pretty good. She's won Kane and West races, um, raced Arca. She was okay in Arca. And then now she's running the truck series and struggling to run top 20. So yeah, it's, it, I don't know. It's just a different level. Everyone's trying to win. Um, so many good teams and, and manufacturers and, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not racing for fun anymore. Now it's a job. No, you're racing for money now. No, it's real. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, you, you wanted to not have a normal life. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Be careful what you wish for. Right. Right. So th that being said, when you brought up Haley, what are the physical demands driving that truck uh i mean physically it's not it's not hard uh i mean they have power steering and, and this and that it's the heat the heat's really bad they they're like 130 140 inside you don't get like any air so that was that was an adjustment when i first came over but uh yeah as long as you work out in the sun or, or try to run when it's hot out um, and as long as you're, you're somewhat physically fit, I mean, they're not, they're not terrible. It's just the heat, um, you lose focus and stuff. So that's another thing working with Josh. Um, I was so out of shape two years ago and, and now I can run, we ran six miles today and, uh, I think I'm gonna do a half marathon actually at the end of the year. So my fitness has come, come a long way and I don't really get tired in the truck, but obviously cups a different story. We're, we race for two hours, cup races for, for four. So, uh, Haley's pretty fit. Obviously she always posts about working out and that. So, um, yeah, I don't think she has an issue. And there's no, because in the old days, there was a drastic difference between what a woman could do in one of those cars and what a man could do because it was physically demanding. Now it's just a, a heat issue. And if you're in fairly good shape, you're, there's no muscle. There's no difference in a, a, the strength is what I'm trying to say. 
Uh, no, I mean, nothing that's going to put me apart from her. Right. Like nothing that, nothing that she can't do in them now. It's just all about being smart. And I mean, you still got to wheel, wheel the race car, right? Like you still got to put it where you want it and, and time things right. But, uh, how the truck is right now with, with high down force and we make like 750 horsepower. Um, it's a lot about how it drives. That's what it kind of sets apart, um, the field. And, and it's a lot of throttle time, especially on a half. Like we're wide open for five, six laps into a run and before we have to start lifting. So yeah, it's just about how it drives and, and you can muscle it a little bit and now drive a little bit of it, but it's, it's all about how it drives, uh, on asphalt and, and that's what makes speed. Beans that you were talking about, you were aggressive in the off road. What happens when you get aggressive on the asphalt? And I, I mean, mean, what I mean is, is, is I understand you can overdrive a truck and blister tires and things like that. I'm talking about getting aggressive with your competitors. Yeah. I mean, it's, so we deal with air a lot. Uh, it's so annoying. Honestly, I hate aero stuff. Like drives me nuts still to this day, but like you can't run side by side. You can, but you have to give, if you're on top, you have to give the guy below you quite a bit of room. And if you like come down to his door, like you'll pull all the air off the side of his truck. And most likely he's going to come spinning up into you or he's going to get loose and hit you. So I actually did it a few weeks ago to Todd. I just, trusted him too much and, uh, and entered pretty close to him. And like, he came up and tagged me and spun me. Um, but I was on top of him. So it was kind of my fault at the end of the day, not giving him enough room. Um, I mean that you can do restarts and maybe choose not to, uh, to push the guy in front of you, go three wide. And sometimes it works out, but sometimes you get pulled back and, and, uh, yeah, you lose 10 spots just, not being patient enough with just one person in front of you. So there's a lot of different ways. I mean, you can overdrive it, obviously being too aggressive and, and not slowing down enough or, um, yeah, just trying to go in, in holes that really aren't there open for you. Do they have spotters for you telling you that you're going to make mistakes? Yeah. Yeah. I do have spotters. I wish we did. I wish there was no spotters. Really? Yeah. Blocking, blocking's become an issue. Um, kind of the better everyone's kind of gotten in the truck series and, uh, a lot of kids are getting smarter and learning how to cover air. So if you run somebody back or run somebody down from half straight away back and you're running against the fence and they're running the middle or the bottom, uh, if they're watching you, their spotters telling them what you're doing and those go up and block there. Even if there's not as fast, those go up there um, and block there. And you, if, unless you're like three or four tenths better a lap, like you're probably not going to pass them or it's going to be really hard to. Wow. So the air is, is your, the air is more the nemesis than the competitors. Yeah. It makes, yeah. Track positions, everything, just the air. If you're good enough, like you can win races without the best truck just because of air. If you can control it good. And, um, I mean, you feel it within eight truck links, probably. And the closer you get, the worse it gets. Wow, that is intense. So the old days of the Intimidator, Dale Earnhardt, you know, bumping and running, that doesn't happen anymore? Uh, yeah, the short tracks. Like Bristol and Martinsville, you can still get there. Uh, but mile and a half, unless you're going on the straightaway. But you can kind of like push people down the straightaway if you get a good run. Um, yeah, I mean, there's none of that. We're sealed off to the ground now. Back in the day, they were, you know, six inches off the ground and there was air going underneath the car and over the car. Now all the air just goes over pretty much. Um, like our splitters are pretty much touching the ground all around the racetrack. Wow. So all the air that goes over the truck is just gets tumbled and, and yeah, being behind that is never fun. Even, even passing lap trucks sometimes, like depending where we are. They'll be going 20 to 30 miles an hour slower, some of them. And like, you'll like get tied or it depends what your balance is. If you're free, you usually just get looser behind people. If you're tied, you just usually get tighter. 
um, when you catch the air. It's crazy how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Frustrating. I, you get looser, but it doesn't work that way. huh? Yeah. I mean, it, it'll change now and then just depending like how you cross the person's air, we call it their wake. Um, yeah. How our trucks have been this year. If you're free, you just get freer behind people. And if you're tight, you just get tighter. Do you like a free truck or a tight truck? I used to be free. I used to be a free guy, or at least I thought I was. And then, um, I started making a lot of speed being a little tight. I don't know if it was the tire or me just getting more comfortable and, and figuring it out more. But, um, if I can be like, obviously perfect's perfect, but if I could be a number tight, that's usually where I'm really happy. Really? Yeah. I don't, they just make a ton of speed being a little tight. And you like the speed, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's all about getting through the corner. Um, and when you're free, you can't commit to the gas. And when you're tight, you can just commit to it. Um, and kind of push through the front tires a little bit. Do you have to worry about tire fatigue as much as they, as they talk about on TV? Uh, I think they dramatic, they're dramatic about it sometimes, but like, yeah, like your Atlanta's your homesteads, um, Anywhere that they talk about tire wear being an issue, like it, it is, uh, I don't know. It's, we've never been great at places like that. So yeah, we finished fifth at Atlanta this year and I would fire off really loose and, and obviously just get worse. Just, it's not like your balance changes a lot through the run. You just have less throttle time and the, and the track gets slower, but, um, we'll go to places like Kansas where it really doesn't fall off or, or this weekend in Pocono, I actually thought my truck got faster. The more laps I had on tires. What did, break. Times tell you? Say that again? what did the lap times tell you? Uh, I haven't seen them yet this week. I'll get an email tomorrow when, when they get it put together. But, um, I mean, fall off probably wasn't half second. I don't think my truck was actually start driving better though. After, after like eight laps on tires, um, like we'll go to Bristol and like they actually get faster almost every year we go, they get faster. The more laps you have on tires. Wow. That's crazy. Cause that's counterproductive or counters everything that you've ever learned as the tread goes away, you're supposed to slow down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's that's what I'm saying. It's so different than anything I was used to where, um, a lot of the kids that come from, from sprint car racing right away, they, they're so good right away. Cause they deal with a lot of the same things that NASCAR had. So that's kind of the proving ground. So you being an off-roader and then going to NASCAR, you and Haley are really breaking the mold of building asphalt drivers. Yeah. I mean, we're the first, the first ones too, in what, 20 years since Jimmy. So yeah, just, uh, I know Toyota puts a lot of effort into their sprint car program with, with Keith Coons and their midget deal. Um, they pretty much put different kids in it every year. And, um, I don't know their, their way is, is different. They have like 10 to 12 kids and, um, I feel like they don't, uh, they don't produce them very good. Right. Like it's just throw them all in a pool. And if two of them are left swimming at the end of the year, then, they take those two and move them up. And, uh, if there's one left swimming then they'll take that one, but if they don't like them, they just chew up and spit you out. So yeah, definitely just definitely different. So you were very fortunate that your grandfather helped guide this process, right? Yeah. I mean, there was, there was a lot of people, but yeah, my grandpa has been there the whole time, the whole way, uh, Lauren Rainier, uh, he was one of them. Actually, Jimmy Johnson's dad, Gary, uh, they grew up together and, and he got us in contact with Lauren. Uh, Gary helped a bit because we didn't know anybody out here. We didn't know where to go. We didn't know good teams. We didn't know anything. Um, and, and Lauren put together a really good deal um, with himself and, and kind of getting in with good teams and, and putting people in places and uh, Lauren now he started with me and Zane Smith and now he's up to, I don't know, probably, probably seven or eight drivers now. Um, 
just kind of putting them, putting them in places. And, and, uh, he's the reason I'm at GMS racing trucks. Wow. And are you going to stay with the same team if you go to the Xfinity series? Uh, probably not. They, uh, they shut their Xfinity team down two years ago. So I will, uh, I'll probably move on. Uh, you looking forward to that or not? Yeah, I am. I'm ready. I'm ready for change. It's been, been three years at the same spot and, um, yeah, just looking for something new, ready, ready to, uh, learn more and, and learn a different race car. Learn a different race car. Are you, do you, are you going to plan to go back and do any, uh, Baja score stuff in trucks at all? Yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to go around trophy truck or, or even 6,100. Um, and any of that stuff, just Baja or, um, we'd love to do best in the desert stuff, but, uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I don't have money to go to go do it. And, um, I mean, we have a brand new pro two still that, that never raced and would love to go race that at Crandon or, or a couple of times a year if I could, but, um, yeah, it costs money. So that's tough to, to go do, but yeah, Robbie actually called me a few weeks back about running a thousand with them this year. So, um, something I'm thinking about doing and, and hopefully we can talk about it more and, and hopefully go do that. Does, does Robbie do any asphalt stuff anymore? Other than stadium trucks on the road course stuff with IndyCar. Um, yeah, just pretty much all the UTV deal with speed UTV coming out. And then he runs a Shelby truck, uh, when he runs it. Do the stadium truck things, you don't drive those anymore at all. I do. Yeah. I raced the first two races this year, actually. Um, I won the first two races, uh, in Florida. And then I won the first race at mid Ohio and I got to lead, uh, in the fourth one and the transmission, actually the torque converter started slipping. So I pulled off, but yeah, yeah. I, I still try to run it when I can. Is that a lot of fun? They are. That's just cool. Cause they're all the same. And, and there's a few good guys right now in it. Um, we don't have to worry about truck setup. We just go and drive it and have fun. And, uh, yeah, they're really hard to drive. So I enjoy that. Well, the videos are sure spectacular, man. Yeah. They're, uh, they don't really make sense. Like the way they pop off the ramps and how fast you can hit them nowadays. It's they've come a long way. They used to not drive really good at all. So yeah, those are just, I don't know. They're just wild. They just do their own thing and you're just trying to hold on to it the whole time. And the spectators love it. I'm I'm assuming. Yeah. I mean, they go to watch IndyCar, which is in my opinion, really boring to watch. And then, uh, (laughs) you get them there for that. And then they get to see a stadium truck and they're like, they don't know what to do. They think it's crazy. Well, it is a little bit because it, it breaks all the norms. Yeah, totally. You know, the truck leans so much. You see uh, tire lockups and, and, and you guys aren't afraid of it. You just, you just throw it in there. No, they're, they're actually like pretty balanced. I mean, for how much they lean, they don't feel like uncomfortable. Um, and they actually make a lot of traction when they're leaned over. That's when they're like hooked up. If you see them real flat, they're usually driving and spinning the tires. So yeah, that, I mean, that part's cool about it. I mean, you can flip it over and most of the time it doesn't break. Um, and just keep going. I've, I've flipped them a couple of times, um, and kept going. So it's, uh, they're fun. That's pretty awesome. You've come a long way from trophy carts to, to NAS truck and probably a future in NASCAR itself. Um, I have a picture of you and Kyle Hart. And I think it's, uh, uh, young, all standing on the roof of your trucks in Utah. Really? Yeah. I mean, you guys, was this, uh, the year that Kyle Hart won it, like in the last 10 feet of the race, something like that. Yep. I think think my, in my motor, like locked up going back to the tech, uh, shed. Well, you also had one through a big old chunk of the motor right out the, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I was good at blowing up the, uh, the Hondas. I was pretty good at that. Well, you know, when we, when we were working on those programs, you know, there was razor's edge style tuning that we were left with, you know, to make power. So, and plus you guys were generating so much heat with, because they, they dammed it all off. They didn't, they didn't let the air through. I think as it evolved, they started figuring out how to get the air to the motor and keep them cooler. Um, because that's a, a big radiator up behind your head wasn't cooling the motor. You still have to have air. Mm-hmm. We were Annie, we added fans um, and, and that helped some, but y- you had to duct it right. I mean, I'm sure you're learning that in what you do that how they duck the brakes and how they duck the, the, the motor the air for the, for the car to live. You know, you have to do special things when you cut off, like the air going underneath the, the front of the car. Hey, well, that's supposed yeah. to call the engine. Yeah. You can't just yeah. cool it all with the radiator because that doesn't, that's not how it works. Yeah. Yeah, that was, it was fun. The, uh, the last year, I remember we ran mod cart. I was probably 15 and I raced, uh, who is that? I raced Nestor's cart trophy cart or new line. Um, we had the Yamahas. Um, and I don't know if it was a guy from Arizona or someone that was building motors, but like they were, they had to be cheated up. Like the way they would kill us down the straightaway and like I'd eat them up in the corner and they'd drive back away. I used to frustrate me so bad. <laughs> I'll, I'll bet because it was all about winning. It's always been about winning. Yeah, absolutely. So you, do you get to come out to the West coast and hang out with your friends and go dune, go to the dunes or much? I mean, I went last year for Thanksgiving. I got to go to Glamis for the week. Um, I definitely don't get to come as much as I'd like to. It's just, it's pretty busy out here every day, every day, something going on, but, uh, I actually get to go, I get to go in July, the 14th or the 26th to go hang out with the family and, and spend some time with them and, and obviously see some friends while I'm home. But yeah, it's been, uh, it's been like six months, it's been since Christmas since I've been home. So it's, uh, I don't love it. I love it here. I love North Carolina. I'd probably never move back, but yeah, it's tough being away from my sister and, and my nephews. And, um, yeah, just, I didn't have a huge friend group out there, but obviously Jarrett Brooks, uh, he raced mod carts with us and still talk to him almost every day. So, uh, for sure going to get together with him and, and a few other, my buddies that, that hung out with, but yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Don't, don't go as much as I'd like, but usually maybe twice a year I get to go out there. That's pretty awesome that, 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 that you're still hanging out with most of those guys and still talking to them. Jared doesn't race anymore. Yeah. Jared runs pro two full time. Still they have their, uh, their own team. Where do they race out of? Uh, well, they have the shop by your guys old shop by synergy right there. They run, they just made one of those bays, uh, a shop. Like it might be maybe a thousand square feet. Like they run, they run a pretty, pretty tight program out of there. And then, uh, now they're running that Midwest series. So then they have a shop in Crandon that they just rent a little space out of. And, um, yeah, he actually just won the cup race yesterday. So pretty cool. He's been pretty, pretty good. That's awesome. I hadn't, I'd lost, lost track of, of him a little bit and I, and I, uh, hadn't seen what he'd been doing. So he's doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. He's been killing it. I think he's won pro two championship the last two years. Um, they built their own truck out of that synergy building and, um, yeah, they've been doing a really good job. That's awesome. Do you think they have any plans to try to go asphalt? Uh, maybe when we were younger, I know he went and raced a late model once, but yeah, now he's just full time with their own gig, uh, racing off road and, and he's got a kid and, and he's getting married now. So, uh, he's, he's a working man. He works full time. Well, don't we all? Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can play all you want or be in an environment that everybody else thinks it's, it's fun city and you're still working. Yeah. I mean, my, my job is pretty fun, but, uh, 
yeah, there's certain times of the day where, where it's just not that fun. <laughs> but just think about when you're thinking it's not fun, think about being in the regular world. Nine to five, Monday through Friday. Same thing. No racing, no frills, you know, and, and, and you'll change your, you'll change your team. Yeah, no, I, so I remind myself of that when, when I do have those days, I'm like, well, could be digging holes for grandpa. So this is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, there you, Cause that's what you'd be doing, right? Exactly what I'd be doing. I'd be out there being a laborer or something. Does he ever, does he ever come to you and go, Hey, if you don't straighten up, that's what you're going to go do. Um, no, I mean, I've always been pretty good kids. So I've never really gotten in trouble, but yeah, he has made the comment. Um, I don't know. When I got greedy in one of our conversations one day and he was like, all right, you can go dig some holes. And I'm like, Oh, I, this is really good. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he makes sure to put me back in my place when, when it ever got like that. That is pretty awesome. Uh, every time I've talked to him, he's been a pretty great guy. I was racing flat track motorcycles. Is that a TT or a flat track behind you? No, that's a, that bike behind, that's an ATC 70. Really? I want to, I want one of those. It's I'm going to build one one day. It's a suspended ATC 70. I'm looking at the flat track bikes in front of me, but no, none of them are behind me. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. that's where I ran into Maurice was was out at a uh, uh, competition park, yep, north side of Temecula. You know, and he was running no brake machine, old school no brakes. And I I used to tell my dad, Dad, that's nuts. What, what do you, how do you fix no brakes? And I like brakes. I I do too. You know, you've seen me ride in the parking lot. Yeah. You ain't doing that. You ain't doing that without brakes. No, no, no. <laughs> you know? So yeah, I, I, I don't get it, but they, they were never setting the world on fire, but you got to figure the vintage machines that they were riding. That's how they rode them back then. Yeah. Yeah. That, you brought up a good point there. You got on the a quad one day, I don't know, 450 or whatever it was. And I thought you were just going to go put around and you like started hot lapping and like sliding around the parking lot. I was like, wow. <laughs> wow. I was not expecting that. Not bad for an old guy, huh? Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. But only you young guys get to have fun. No, I was proven wrong that day. That's awesome. I, I still, in our new place, I get to do it. It's not as cool because the, the, the run strip is not as long. Mm. A, a raise in the driveway. So when you hit the raise in the driveway, it lifts the front end. Mm. Well, that messes up your setup for the turn because you got to get down because you have to get out of the power, but you're still wanting to get the same drive. Um, so you, I have to learn how to keep the front end down and keep the drive going because I'm still trying to test the engine for the tuning, you know, just like in the old place, but. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys still doing like full-time quad dirt bike motors, UTV stuff? We are slammed. Really? Yeah. We, our engine facility in almost 50 years, our engine facility has never been this busy. That's awesome. Yeah. And we're building, we're building, uh, custom, you know, refurbs, refurbishments for people for LT 500s, vanities, dollars all kinds of different stuff, really. And the ATC three years. And, uh, I'm trying to reach out to Jimmy, ask him if he ever got his 250 R3. Good. Yeah. That's when sweet. Was, when he was 17, he used to work for major performance, which was the Volkswagen motor place right across the alleyway from us. And he would always tell us, ah, oh, I want one of those ATCs. I want one. I want one, a 250 R. And then he went off and raced everything and became you know, world famous. Yeah. Left all, left all of us, uh, you know, East County guys behind him. Uh, I, I've always wanted to ask him if he ever got his three-wheeler. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, Maybe. Well, you know, six championships or a three-wheeler. What would you pick? 
six championships. Oh yeah. In a heartbeat. Right. I think he was, uh, seven, seven times. But he didn't do it consecutive. Did he? He did six in a row. I think he did five or five or six in a row. I think it's five in a row. Yeah. He got a trophy with, uh, Tracy Dixon, one of the guys that used to race for Honda on three wheelers. Yeah. Worked for that company. It's got a picture. Jimmy the trophies. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I didn't know that he. I didn't know that he worked for him and, and did that. I thought it was pretty, pretty badass. You take an old school dirt guy, three wheeler guy, moving into the cars and into the asphalt asphalt realm. Uh, I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. What for Hendrick you worked for? Yeah, yeah. He retired. Nice. He was retiring. I started this this whole podcast thing last year in 2020 and he was retiring at the end of 2020. So hmm. good career. He'd been doing it for a super long time. You know, so you can only, we, we all have an expiration date. I don't care. You're only 23 years is yours is so far down the road. You can't even see it, but now, you know, I'm going to be 55 this year. And I see there's, there's going to be a day when hot lapping in the parking lot's not what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I figured I probably had, uh, probably had 15, I 15 years of a fire before it, before it blew out. I, I don't think it ever blows out. You talk to, you know, you talk to some of the old ATV guys that are super fast that don't race and they, you know, they, race UTV, the race other stuff. The fire still burns. They still want to race UTVs. At, like yeah. before. Um, because nothing nothing quenches it. Nothing's gonna put the fire out. Yeah. I mean I don't think I'll ever stop racing. I want to come back to off road obviously one day if I can afford to or um or just anything like circle track, dirt racing. I don't know. I'll probably do something always but like there's a lot of stuff that I want to do in life still. That's, that's not racing. Uh, just, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I missed out on a lot growing up just cause gone every week, weekend racing and, and, uh, yeah, chasing a dream and would love to do the whole family thing one day and just travel, travel and see things. I haven't, I haven't got to do a whole lot of that, which I, I have, but we always have the racetrack. So but it's a different kind of traveling, you know, I mean, I, I kind of get that because I traveled for 30 years and in, at the end of 19, I stopped, you know, I stopped for not because I wanted to stop, but because I knew I was needed. Something else in my life. And, yeah. You know, it was, I needed to be home to take care of my family. So mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. But don't, don't stop early. No. Yeah. I'll wait till I'm, I'm pushed out or. Most of the time when you're done, you're done. Cause I'm fighting to come back. I want to come back and travel and be on the starting line, be on the gate, work with the professional guys or some of the amateurs. And, and cause I have a lot of knowledge, a lot of years doing it. I still want to be there. Um, fire for me to build a machine that can go out and win a championship or go out and win racing hasn't stopped. I still have that. Yeah. So don't let go of it until you're a hundred percent knowing that, you know, when you close that door, you can't go back through. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's a good point. Good point. Uh, You know, it's like when Carl Edwards retired. I couldn't believe that. I think he got paid to leave. What? I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure he was paid to leave. Was like he-, if he was making 15 million a year at the time or 10 million a year. I'm sure he was paid 30 to leave. I'm sure he was paid like double salary to leave. Where uh, to- start traveling. How do you, how do you get paid that much money to leave? Uh, they were trying to get, uh, Daniel Suarez in 
and he and he had uh, Carlos Sim as a sponsor. So he wanted oh. to go cut Grayson, I think. And I'm, I don't know. I, this isn't for sure, but everyone pretty positive <laughs> paid to leave because it was out of nowhere, right? He was at the top of his game, about to win a championship, and then poof, gone, gone. Uh, you know, but everybody's got a price tag. I mean, uh, wasn't there another team that would have took him? Uh, yeah, but I mean, they were already in with Gibbs, so by why? Yeah, that's that's crazy, man. That's totally crazy. Yeah, nuts. I, I never would have expected that angle. I was thinking that maybe there was a medical reason. No, because he got asked to come back. Um, I believe Ganassi asked him back. Um, he turned it down. I think he knew he wasn't going to go winning Ganassi cars. Um, and had been out of the game for two years already. So he was like, I'm good. You know, if you can go with enough money. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, he's, he was a great driver. He missed out on what two titles by just uh, yeah, I mean, I think if he would have won one, if he would have stayed, for sure. Yeah, because Stewart beat him out. You know, he just yep. beat him down one year, and and the next year, the next time, I don't remember who was beating, but Jimmy, he got he got wrecked leading um, on a late restart, and Jimmy ended up winning. That was Jimmy's last championship. Yeah, that's just got to break your heart. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, dude. Uh, you, you know, we've all lost races though at the at the last second of the last day. Of, you know, I mean, the last minute something happens and you end up, you know, losing a motor or something weird breaks and you know, or somebody takes you out. Yeah, I mean, I've lost more that way than I've won races that way. <laughs> oh, somebody taking you out or something breaking? No, yeah, just not getting a good last restart or uh, just speeding on pit road after leading all day or just little things that, that take it out of your control at the end of races. I got to ask you this. And I know you can, you can just, you, you can not answer if I'm, if I'm trying to get you to say something that how hard is it to deal with NASCAR? Uh, not bad, really. They're irritating, obviously sometimes like, uh, it's different for everyone though, right? Like Kevin Harvick was pissed off that uh, they're racing in the rain at Coda where we raced in the rain and yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah. You can't see, but you signed at the dotted line at the beginning of the year, right? Or so if you're scared, don't be doing it. You guys normally don't race in the rain. On road courses we do. They always have. Um yeah, and you couldn't really see down the back straight away there, and and people got hit, and I think he got involved in one of the wrecks, and so it was too dangerous and kind of threw a little fit. But uh, obviously, he's older and has a family, so he thinks about that stuff. Where for me, I'm not worried about getting hurt. You know, it's about winning for me. So um, when you, I don't know. When you get like, off that truck, how safe is it? It's not as safe as an off-road truck. Like those are for sure. The off-road truck's not made to bend. It's not made to break. It's made to like be able to take a hit and be fine, right? Like the NASCARs are made to bend, um, and they're made to fold. And yeah, I don't. They don't take hits to the roof very well, uh, as we saw Ryan Newman last year at the 500 and stuff. Like you can hit the wall upside down, and it it can crush the cage pretty easy. Where the truck. I have like a foot probably because you sit so low in them. Um, but the cars are a lot closer, but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The only thing that annoys me with NASCAR right now is the PJ one compound, like a traction compound that they've been laying down. Uh, I don't know, just ruining good racetracks by putting it down and, and it makes it single line. So like once the spray comes in, it's no passing, which is frustrating. And, do you think they're going to keep doing it even though they know that it's limiting the racing? I don't know. That's their choice. They don't care. It's just, it's their world. We're living in it. 
they they make the rules, you know. You just shut up and race. Pretty much, yeah. I try not to think about stuff like that. I try to just think about what I can control to win races. Would you ever go to IndyCar or F1? Would love to. Would love to go at F1 racing. Um, that'd be really cool. I, that's a totally different level, though. That's that's uh, that's way it's way out of my realm. But I would love to if I had that opportunity. I'd love to go do that. I would for sure do IndyCar. I think that would be cool. Um, obviously, Jimmy's doing it this year. I'd love to race a rally car. Those look fun. Isn't that, that, that that's similar to a uh, what you did in Dakar was a rally car. It's similar, isn't it? Mm, the car that we raced was a stadium truck, pretty much. But with with okay, you have a navigator. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm saying like the global rally cross, though, like the short course. Oh, okay. Well, that's way more fun. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't do like the tree run stuff. I'd kill myself. <laughs> no, just being honest, I'd love to run a sprint car too. I'd love to race a sprint car. Yeah. So you just want to race anything? Yeah, anything that I can make a dollar doing it, love to. Uh, <laughs> that's just unreal. <laughs> well, we could race turtles and bet dollars. Yeah, we can do that too. Probably, probably drink a beer while I do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, it doesn't matter if your turtle loses at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. Because with your buddies and they're going to buy you beer after they take your dollars. That's exactly right. <laughs> oh, brother, this was a lot of fun. I have learned a ton from you. You have matured way beyond what I expected. I'm still seeing the, you know, 13, 14, 15 year old kid. And you are quite the young man that is learning his craft and growing as a, as a, as a human in so many different fashions. I don't think that the consumer or the listeners are going to even be ready for what's coming because a lot of the West coast people know of you from the trophy cart era. And when they listen to you, they're going to be. Yeah. It's been, uh, honestly moving out here, probably, um, Gosh, looking back at 13 for what a little shit, huh? <laughs> but no, I, I think I moved out here when I was, I had just turned 21. I was going truck racing full time. Um, I was given two grand to get into an apartment and like figure it out. Call serial questions, like time to grow up pretty much. So yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much how I went started paying bills and, and learning life. Came, came to a crashing reality in a big hurry. Oh God. It's not fun sometimes. Most times it's not, but, uh, yeah. Just Keeping don't grow up. Just don't yeah. grow up. My grandpa hasn't. So it's looking good. Looking good. Well, yeah, it runs in the gene pool, right? If he yeah. doesn't grow up, why should I have to? <laughs> I just try to, uh, I try to be an adult for like an hour a day and get stuff done, uh, bill wise and emails and stuff that you don't want to do. And then I try to keep the rest of my work fun. That's, that's incredible. I'm, I'm extremely proud of you and I am extremely excited that you took some time with me here on ATV talk to tell your story and to be a part of, of, of our history. And, um, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I don't know what your media contracts are with your sponsors and things like that. Um, uh, this probably isn't in your, in your portfolio. Yeah. She has a, she has a calendar. We have a, a PR girl that works for our team and, um, she's got the calendar with something every day. So I'm glad I'm glad we got to get get uh together and do this though. It's cool. Did she uh did you know did she know that you were gonna do this? No. Yeah, I don't tell her. She doesn't care? No. Doesn't matter. That's awesome. Well, yeah. in some racing and some in some sports, they have the the athlete handcuffed. You're only allowed to do what we say. Yeah, no, that's what's cool about NASCAR. You can kind of do whatever you want. That's awesome. unless your team unless your team makes you sign something. 
That's so cool. We didn't talk about any top secret cool stuff anyway. Nah, yeah. I mean, I was kind of hoping for a secret or two, but I don't think I don't think it's going to adapt and make our ATV faster. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeldon, I want to again say thank you so much, and I want to extend an invitation for you to come back. Yeah. Um, I'd maybe like to get you and and Brooks and uh, somebody else together and, and do a chat of the old times. Maybe you could reach out to Haley and, and get her involved because she did some trophy cart stuff as well. It was a little yeah. different her, but get the three of you together to talk uh, trophy carts, talk racing. Oh, that would be pretty awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. Well, that's one of those, that's one of those adult things, you know, because I don't have everybody's contact and you may um, get them together and you want to do it, dude, I'll, I'll set it up and take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I talk to Jared all the time still, but, um, I could probably get Haley to do it. That'd be awesome. I'd really love it. You know, I've, I've actually never met Haley. I just watched the news clippings and <laughs> I probably don't even want to bring this up, but when her dad before Haley was Haley, um, her dad did a Honda deal at Escondido cycle center. Yep we were all there for Honda and this was, he was still married to it. He was married to their mom, but I don't think she, I don't think she was born yet. This was really? I mean, yeah. She's only 18 or 19. Yeah. This was when his days of, um, um, wasn't quite grown up yet himself. Yeah. <laughs> if you understand what I mean. Oh yeah. <laughs> he, he he was still experimenting, but uh yeah, I don't even think he remembers sitting there next to Doug and I. Uh you know, Doug Eichner and I were there and he was sitting next to us. But the, it was pretty wild. You know? And mm. then I met him years later when he was driving a truck when Marty was racing against him. Yeah, crazy. It is, totally is. But I'm gonna let you get off here. I know it's getting late there for you. Um just hold on one second here. Okay, bud. Yeah. But, but we'll, we're going to end this and I'll, uh, and I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you later. All right. Sounds good. The team here at ATV talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATV talk podcast.com. Brought to you by take two custom teams, screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.